G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision 180. Live different. Different. Now, I uh, have some good news. We're going to be hearing from Cecina, like right now. Uh, we have uh, been playing her music since, um, what? Let me look here, do the maths. Uh, since about a year, a year now. Uh, April last year was the first time we played any of her music with flowers. But, um, you know, she's been around for a little while, been doing her thing quite quietly. And I'll tell you what, Cecina, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me right now. Wow, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Pleasure's all ours, seriously. Like, you know, it's great to have you on. Now, you know, like I was just mentioning that we've sort of only recently started to discover you. Like, can you give us a snapshot of your musical journey so far? Because, you know, it's been pretty cool. It's been a really beautiful and very eclectic journey so far. I started singing from a very young age and fell in love with country music, actually, and that's really where I got my start, singing at fairs and festivals in Michigan and around the Midwest in the United States from 10, 11, and 12 years old. And kind of in that beginning stage, there was a publisher from Nashville, Tennessee, who I had crossed paths with on on several occasions. And at one point, she reached out and was like, you know what, I see a lot of potential in you and would love to invite you down to Nashville and see if songwriting is something that you're interested in. And so my parents were really supportive of that. And so we started taking writing trips from Detroit to Nashville for about a year and a half. And I signed with her publishing company at 13. We moved to Nashville when I was 14. And so I was working full-time and going to school full-time and just had a lot to learn about the music business, about songwriting, about what it means to be an artist, which of course is an ongoing journey. I wrote a lot of songs in that period of time from like 12, 13 up to the kind of the beginning of college. I wrote to 400 songs and so by the time I had reached like college I just was very very dry and almost quit music altogether but right before I did uh, a friend of mine that I had worked with once before called me completely out of the blue and was like hey so I have this electronic dance project and wanted to know if you would be interested in writing with me and singing a vocal on one of the songs for this project And so that was my real first introduction to collaboration and just blew open the possibilities for just trying, trying a different sound. And I ultimately met my manager through, through this process. And so I've always been an independent artist, but have been working with my manager and our team for six and a half years. And it's just been really beautiful to now have the opportunity to have different collaborations with lots of different artists and I have my own artist project and then some of my music has also been placed in film and television and some advertising. Ah, super cool. I tell you what, one of those collaborations we're going to hear later on, uh, but you you collaborated with this guy, uh, Torrin Wells, Uh, not so much Kirk Franklin, we'll see yet, Um, but we'll come back, we'll talk more about this sort of collaboration stuff. 
That's Katie Hurst with Limitless on Vision 180. Such a great song from her. Now, um, I'll tell you what, it's it's great to be able to catch up with Cecina. We are going to find out now, Cecina, tell us. These collaborations I'd mentioned just before. How did the one with like Torin Wells and, and Holvey come about? Like, that's, that's just pretty cool. The collaboration with Holvey started about 2018. Uh, his label, Reach Records, in Atlanta found my music online, and they've been so kind and supportive. And they just left the door open to write ideas and send them ideas. And I had gone down to Atlanta at one point for a writing camp for Lecrae. And then I got together with some songwriters here in Nashville. And so we just wrote several ideas and sent them to the team. And they heard the reasons hook and were like, man, we love this and we're going to find a home for it. And so this was just a bit before they signed Holvey. And so when Holvey heard the hook, he was super passionate about it and was like, I want to put this on my project. And then, of course, later, Lecrae added his verse as well. So it was really awesome and cool to see just the culmination of the the story of the song and just paired with a really awesome team. And then the collaboration with Torin was really birthed from the creative genius of Tommy Prophet, who is an incredible producer and just works with all kinds of just awesome people. And I'd worked with him several times before. And so last spring, he texted out of the blue and was like, hey, So I'm working on this cinematic, super epic Christmas collaborations album. And he asked, uh, it was a passion project for him and quarantine really gave him the space to create it. And so he asked if I would be open to doing a version of Oh Holy Night and what I thought about making it a duet. And I was like, oh dear heavens, (laughs) well, I love collaboration. And Oh Holy Night so much, you do not have to ask me twice. And then he informed me that he had Torin Wells in mind. Um, and so therefore I was like, oh Lord, what an honor. And I was so excited. And so both of these collaborations have been just the the hugest blessing. Oh, tell you what, I'm like quietly jealous. It's so cool though. Uh, but I'll tell you what, let's, we'll come back. We'll talk some more. I want to know about what you think of streaming and, and other collaboration and, you know, just... Just stuff, right? Like, you've you've been doing so much. So let's just push play on this one. Uh, This is collaboration. This is, like, you know, one of them. Uh, This is Halvey, Lecrae, Cecina, who we're talking to right now on Vision 180. This is called Reasons. You can't keep going out of brain like this. You do, you like, nobody else does, nobody else does. On Vision 180, Leanna Crawford there and Photoshop. Steve's my name. It's good to be with you here. Simulcast right across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Now, uh, we've been chatting with Cecina and, well, this is great. It's great to hear from you. And uh, I'll tell you what, this is, like, in this world, like, everything's gone digital, right? So, like, uh, you know, we've got YouTube, we've got Spotify, we've got iTunes Movie. We stream a heck of a lot, uh, but, like, in the streaming era and stuff, like artist collaboration with other artists, like it's it's all increasing and stuff. Can you like why? Like, what's the benefit to artists for for this kind of stuff? Like, how's it affected you? Oh man, it's the best. I literally love it so much. I honestly think like technology and the different platforms of sharing creativity have really made the world feel so small. It's never been so easy to release music and you have access to so many different styles from all over the world. And so I think you've got producers and you've got artists that are wanting to release 
creativity that they're passionate about, but then also just try different things, experiment and stretch themselves. And so collaboration is a really awesome way to, to be able to do that. And then it's not really confusing sonically for your fans that are familiar with your style being one way. And then it's a great way to connect with new people that you might not have otherwise been able to. And it works both ways for, for the artists involved. So it's really wonderful. Oh, I'll tell you what, that's awesome. Like, okay, so here's the thing. You've You've been doing this thing, you've got collabs, you're doing a great solo career and, you know, you've reached over 150 million streams, which that is just staggering on its own. Um, Like, you know, Rolling Stone magazine listed your album Elysian Fields as one of their best in the past year and your song Catch the Light has made it in Christian charts in the US, Australia. Um, Like, how does all this sort of work together for your career? Like, you know... What's what's the goal? It's so wild and it's really interesting because my manager Wendy and our team were very intentional from really the very beginning of a song and kind of what the purpose is for for each one as much as possible and creating opportunities for music to really reach people and then of course trying different things from a marketing standpoint. And so we do have the joy of celebrating, following through with our convictions, but then you can never like fully predict what is going to resonate with people or how and then the timing of it all. And so there's always things that completely take us by surprise and we love surprises. <laughs> and so it really does all thread together. Um, we bring the best of our intentionality with the music and then just kind of have to let it let it go uh, and let each one, each song and project soar. But the goal and the heart behind the music is always the same. It's to create music and process the good and the bad of life and hopefully meet people where they're at, but always bringing hope with it. And then as a team to really grow as we go um, and that the quality of what we bring to the table continues to get better and better and hopefully inspire other people's creativity as well. Well, you're inspiring me. So, uh, uh, hey, look, just let's stick around. We've got a, I want a few more questions, if that's all right. And uh, we'll come back. We'll ask them and uh, I won't hold you up too much as well for the evening. But right now, though, let's push play on this one. Peabody, this is love, everybody, on Vision 180. You're on Vision 180. Steve's my name. That was Roy Torsham. We've been catching up with Susina, and it's great chatting with you. Like, seriously, I've got this this one question, though, because, like, some of your music I've just gone, oh, it's great. I love it. There mean, times where I've been like, hang on a minute. Is she a Christian artist or, you know, like there's times I've had to try and figure it out. So like, do you, and I know you are, but it's just like, you know, do you see yourself as a Christian artist or just an artist who's a Christian, you know, or like in a digital environment, do do any of these labels mean anything to you anymore? Like, does it matter? Yeah, that's a great question. I would honestly say that I am an artist that at the core am creating music that is really meant for everyone, but I am also a person that loves God with all of my heart. And so because that relationship with God is really the root system of who I am, of course, my values and how I see the world overflows into my creativity, just like it does really for everybody. And so it's interesting that without me really trying, people do sense that. 
And I am so thankful that the Christian community and Christian radio has been super supportive of my music and my art. So I'm so thankful for that. And I do think in this digital age that we're in, overall, I think it does help people to have some kind of like ballpark category, like with Spotify and the different streaming platforms. Of course, now you have so many different playlists that you can listen to music just based on your mood. So you can listen based on how you're feeling. And so I think it helps people to have a reference point, but there is so much cross collaboration in general and different opportunities for artists to live in different genre spaces and different lanes um, rather than being just confined to one. Yeah, that makes total sense. Hey, uh, do stick around. Sasina's coming up. Uh, like, this is who we've been talking to. She's great, isn't she? Um, we'll be around for another hour. Uh, so do stick around for the rest of our, our chat right now. And, uh, yeah, in the meantime, this is OBB. It's Brightside here on Vision 180. It's so easy to look around. Just want you. Oh, Vision 180, Sarah Reeves there with Just Want You. Steve's my name, and it is great to be with you here on Vision 180. Simulcast right across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Uh, streaming online as well, vision180.org.au, and of course, vision.org.au. But uh, hey, look, we've got some great stuff going on. Right now, we've been catching up with Susina, and well, here's the thing, right? Susina, we all uh, want to know. What's going on? Like, what's with the name? Like, you know, how, how does this sort of work? Is Susina your first name, your family name? Did you, like, did you just get a bunch of letters, make it up or whatever? Like, I, like when I first found it, I was like, how do I pronounce this? You know, all that sort of stuff. Sersina is my last name. So it's my dad's family name and has some Czech and German heritage there. And I chose Sersina because I had originally gotten my start in country music. And during that time had gone by Molly Hunt, which is my first name and a different family name. So as I was like getting a little bit older and started going through all of this artistic transformation, a friend of mine was actually the inspiration that I was working with. And he was like, I love your last name. You should just go by that. And so I was like, oh my goodness, I think you're right. (laughs) So it really does kind of match the music that I'm doing now in a really beautiful way and also happy to represent my family. Yeah, so cool. So here's the question then. Like, have you got any brothers or sisters? Yes. So I just have one older brother and he is four and a half years older than me. His name is Dallas and I just love him with my whole heart. Um, He's a genius. And so... He loves music and he does have like creativity on the inside of him for sure, but he went a very different path and has been serving with the United States Navy and he felt very passionate about that at a young age. So it is really interesting that we both have gone very different routes, but both felt called at a young age in the different fields that we're in. Oh, that's so cool. It's great to hear, you know, like different family stuff. I. We're going to come back, right, uh, after this song from Matthew Parker and uh, Nonna. But I want to know more about uh, your family of, you know, how musical the rest of everybody is and, you know, what, how you grew up and, you know, what you listened to as a kid, all that kind of stuff, eh? Really sorry. 
Uh, it's always a good day here on Vision 180. I hope you're doing well today. This is Saturday. Yeah, Mother's Day is tomorrow. We're talking with Cecina. And, well, speaking of family sort of stuff, um, has your family been musical? Like, you know, what music did you grow up listening to? Yes, there is definitely some musical history, uh, mostly on my mom's side of the family. My mom is a beautiful singer herself and has a very angelic voice. I learned how to sing harmony from her and just was very enthralled watching her sing at church. And then she's one of five children. And so my uncle plays the trumpet and her siblings like played an instrument at one point. And then my grandmother is has a lot of creativity. She writes songs and poetry. She's written a few books and is a painter as well. So, And then I listened to, growing up, a lot of Christian and worship music and then started to fall in love with country music and bluegrass. And then there were some like 80s rock bands kind of sprinkled in there. I was genuinely like a huge Brooke Frazier fan. And then also Celine Dion was always a faithful must. Um, so she was a huge influence as well. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, like tomorrow's Mother's Day. So you had to drop that in there as well, I suppose. But uh, look, he's okay. So like, here's the thing. Um, your family's musical and stuff. But what was the moment that you decided that singing and writing songs and stuff was what you wanted to do? I always loved to sing, and I wrote my very first song, I think, when I was like eight. But I did have like a defining kind of moment or season. I was 10 years old, and it's a funny story on its own, (laughs) but I brewed up the courage to audition for a karaoke competition at a local festival. And so I confess that I did end up winning that competition, and that did open up other opportunities to sing at different fairs and festivals. And so that's kind of how I would spend my summers. And so that just brought this massive revelation. I was like, oh my goodness, like I love this. And this is something that I could do for like my life. And then I'd never really considered songwriting though until I met the publisher from Nashville and she invited me to come down to take a writing trip. And then the second that I started meeting all these new people and getting to create this like song, like start the beginning of the day with nothing and then like walk away with like a completed song. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And so I really fell in love with that aspect as well. Yeah, so good. Okay, so we're going to come back, all right, because I, I want to know more about uh, some other significant things of uh, writing as a, you know, now a published writer and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, we'll, we'll come back and we'll find out more of that. In the meantime, this is Foothills Collective. It's look no further. I've wasted so much of my life. On Vision 180, that is Lindy, and spread the news. Tonight, we've been chatting with Susina. Now, you may have just joined us, and you're thinking, who is she? Well, she's been uh, doing stuff for a while now, and I'll tell you what, she's a very talented girl. Susina, you're in your 20s, uh, like early 20s, and you've been making a significant uh, impact and, you know, a career of writing songs already as a published writer. But you're at this point, you know, many people start here. How have, like, the experiences already that you've had informed your business decisions and, you know, the way you've you've gone about creating your latest album, Elysium Fields? Tell us about that. Wow, it's been such an awesome learning journey and I know that I have a lot to learn yet ahead. The music industry is constantly changing and has changed so much from, from when I started. 
Um, but there's definitely two aspects I think that stick out with business decisions and, and with this album. One being when I first started and throughout the years I had, I've had many meetings with different like record labels and publishers or booking agencies and different companies. And I always thought that being signed to a record label was like super, super essential. But over time, I've now been working as a fully independent artist for many years now um, and have literally the most incredible team. And I'm so thankful for them. So I think over the years, it showed me that there's different ways of doing things and there's, there's more options. And of course, we want to continue to grow and work with partners that will help us continue to grow. But there is the possibility of building a livelihood as an independent artist, which I think is awesome. And then creatively, again, like when I would be in those meetings, these different companies would ask me questions about like, what are your goals or where do you see yourself in five years? Or like, how do you see yourself as an artist? And they were all questions as like a young teenager that I, I didn't have the answers to. And it was a really like sensitive source of frustration, but it really was an opportunity to dig very deep into developing a creative vision and really helped me like dig into prayer and asking God for help and like what does he want to say and how what do I do and so by now through a lot of trial and error and trying different things Elysian Fields is the most thought out project that I've done from the start to finish with having themes and a different like sonic palette and aesthetic and so it's a great area of now of rejoicing to have some clarity and artistic vision. Oh, loving it. So good. Hey, we're going to come back because I want to know more about this album, Elysium Fields. Uh, But before we do that, right, you know, um, we're going to play this one from Lauren Daigle and Petey Martin here on Vision 180. It's called Come Back Home. So good. Turn it up. Thought that there was more. On Vision 180, it's for all seasons with Neon Feather. It's called Speak to Me, and I love that track as well. Uh, We've been chatting with Cecina all this evening, and uh, we're going to keep going, I reckon. This is just great. We're going to stick around. You know, we've got more to talk about. There's so much more. We want to talk about your faith as well soon, Uh, but your, your album, right? Elysium Fields, it's come up a bit in pop culture, different areas and stuff. Uh, there's a heavy metal band, Megadeth. Uh, they had a song by that name as well. Uh, it's a name of an American art rock band. Uh, and then the TV series House of Cards as well. It's got this fictitious secret society. Uh, yeah, It's also the name of a, a cocktail bar as well, you know. like. But uh, here's the thing, right? What... Are your Elysian feels like like what what does it mean to you? Oh man, I confess that I didn't even realize the depth of some of these references. So this is like awesome. I have found within the last probably two years that experimenting with different tools that are helpful for the project, like brainstorming process. And so I started using Pinterest as a tool to put together different mood boards for songwriting sessions or giving art direction and just the process for our team to cast creative vision. And so I was on Pinterest quite a bit (laughs) for this 
project process. And I found the word Elysian. It was like a photo with a definition and describing how it means beautiful, peaceful, and perfect and divinely inspired. And so it's this very like ethereal concept. And so sonically, it definitely matched kind of the palette of the album and the themes for the album was kind of this like awakening and unfolding of love, but then also mixing it with kind of the harshness of and some difficulties of life circumstances. And so, and finding the beauty in those difficult circumstances. So it became this really beautiful blend. And then from a faith aspect, God was speaking to me through Psalm 23, I was 23 years old, and so God's speaking about uh, how he makes me lie down in green, beautiful pastures. And so artistically, it was like a cool left-of-center way to communicate that and kind of summarize all of these different themes. Oh, it's so cool. So, like, here's the thing then, right? You've got your your album. Uh, it's awesome tracks and stuff on it as well, but... Well, there's one that stands out. It's a pretty encouraging one. It's called Dare For You. We're going to play it in a sec, but uh, can you tell us about it? Oh, yes. So I wrote this song with Tommy Prophet, who I did Oh Holy Night with, in 2017. And this was following, I believe, shortly after I had the opportunity to intern for an organization called the Christian Alliance for Orphans. And they bring together and work with organizations from all over the world with orphan care, vulnerable children, foster care. And I learned so much and my eyes were opened and my heart was moved so deeply. And so translating that through a creative means, Tommy and I, we just sat down and very simply wrote a song that was meant to just communicate a genuine message of love and caring for somebody that can't even necessarily do anything for you and just letting them know that you're it does not matter who you are, that your life matters and you have so much value and so much to give to the world and just making yourself available for them. Yep, that makes perfect sense to me. I love it. Such a cool song. So without further ado, this is Cecina, exclusive first time we've ever played it here on Vision 180. And this song is called There For You. On Vision 180, Sina and Catch the Light. Tell you what, it's been great chatting with her tonight. And we are going to continue because, well, there's so much more to talk to her about. We want to know more about her faith as well and that journey because, well, you know, being a great artist, it's easy to uh, miss it sometimes. And, uh, well, tell you what, let's uh, let's jump back in with some great questions because, well, I'm, I'm enjoying hearing hearing your stories, Sina. So, um we're going to play a song soon called Dancing in the Dark, which, well, it's, it's got a bit of religious imagery and, you know, a bunch of stuff. It talks about stairwells to heaven, like, and, and an upper room, um, a Jacob's Ladder, and, you know, it's possibly like a love song to God. But before I ask you about that song, can you share about your faith? Yeah, thank you so much for asking. So I grew up in a Christian home and grew up in the church um, and was in an atmosphere where I heard about the story of Jesus and the principles and virtues of righteousness and the Word of God. But I had a distinct moment uh, at six years old 
My family had gone to a Sunday night church service, and the pastor gave an altar call, and my whole heart just fell completely into my toes. And I just had this revelation that my heart, apart from God, was just not good, and I needed Jesus in my life. And so it's been a really awesome journey over the years to really grab a hold of faith in God as a young woman and faith that is not something that is a matter of tradition or something that my parents did. So this is what I am going to follow. But really because I've experienced the presence and the love of Jesus and the power of God in my life, and I believe that His Word is true. So I am excited to share Him with everyone and um, also share Him with my family. Oh, so good. I completely agree with that sort of stuff. And um, here's the thing, right? So... Who are some of the people, though, that have influenced you on on this journey? There have definitely been some really awesome influences over my journey, some either in person or just different resources. There's so much available that we have at our fingertips just from different pastors or people that have different ministries that have just been super inspiring and having mentors in life and even friends that are close to my age that just have a really incredible passion and fire for God. But I would say that my mom has really been one of the biggest influences in my journey from, of course, from such a young age. And I can always remember like waking up early and um, coming out of my room into the top of our the stairs in our house and hearing my mom downstairs just praying and crying out to God and interceding and and just learning as I've gotten older who she is as a person. And my mom is somebody that has experienced uh, a great measure of deep pain, but her faith in Jesus and her love for the Lord has never wavered. And so she's somebody that really lives out exactly what she says that she believes and that has just really impacted me so deeply. And I just, I have a ton of respect for her and love for her as a person and just in her faith walk. And she's taught me a lot as well. Oh, so good to have a praying mom. And man, what, how good is that? What a legacy your mom has left you. I'm loving this. Right now, it's Becca Shea. We'll come back in a minute. Colton Dixon on Vision 180. It's Can't Quit You. It's his latest song here. And here's the thing. We've been chatting with Cecina. I hope you've been enjoying hearing her story so far because, like, she's still here. And, look, Cecina, I, I just want to know, right, because uh, we love her. We, we play her music. We just, you know, we had one just before as well. Um, I'm going to play another one, like, in a second. But uh, you co-wrote the song. Catch the Light with Sarah Reeves. Now, it's it's charting in Australia at the moment. She's, well, both of them, I guess. Uh, but she's got a song, Just Want You. Like, what role has uh, Sarah Reeves played in your life? I love Sarah. I can't even stand it. So it's kind of funny because we literally connected on MySpace <laughs> um, when I think I reached out to her when I was like 13 and uh, she totally replied. And so we had one writing session when I was like 13. Um, and then a couple years later, she actually reached back out. And she felt like the Lord, both her and her husband, put on their heart to actually offer to help me with some content on YouTube. 
And she was in a, a spot artistically doing some kind of evolution and rebranding and trying some different things and out of her need and out of their need as a as a family really they reached out to me and were willing to help and I will so she both her and her husband kind of mentored me a little bit on a creative front and so I will never forget that as long as I live and I'm so thankful for both of them and just love her as a person and as as an artist, I'm like such, I'm a fangirl um, and have had the joy of getting to work alongside her in our community here and just love her so much. Ah, so cool. I wish I could work alongside her as well. She's doing some great songs. Loving it. We've actually got a brand new one starting tomorrow here. Uh, oh, when I say tomorrow, I mean Monday. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to break the rules. going to tell you what's actually going to be starting. Uh, it's a brand new one called Anxious going to play her remix one as well that starts like tomorrow but um i reckon we need to play uh, another sarah reeve song this one this is called dance to it here on vision 180 language of the heart quiet elevation rhythm it's called Quiet here on Vision 180. Such a great song. And Bright City before that as well with Maker of the Moon. Steve's my name. It's great being with you this evening. We've been hanging out with Cecina as well. Now, like, before you go, uh, like, got one more question. Uh, we mentioned earlier about the song Dancing in the Dark. Now, I'm not sure if you'd say it's your most overtly Christian song or if it's just the one with the most religious imagery. But I know the meaning of the song is often in the mind of the listener and the people can hear the same song and you know hear a different meaning or whatever like so when i hear it it's it's kind of a love song to god like is is that is that your intention yeah it's totally the truth and i definitely try with my music to present a theme in a way that people can hopefully find their story in the one that i'm telling or be able to apply some kind of meaning that works for their own life. But this song definitely was written with the intention as, as a love song to God. And I was reading a lot in the song of songs around that time and was very enthralled by just the beautiful language and how poetic and stunning just this metaphor was. And I love, love (laughs) very much so. And I also think very much in metaphors. So I was like, this is a dream, this whole thing. And I was inspired like melodically from a video on YouTube actually that really sparked kind of the original idea as well. And so it really is just a very whimsical and ethereal love song to the Lord. Oh, so good. Well, look, we are going to play that. Um, And look, I just want to say thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you for sharing your story as well with your music, your faith and so on. Um, It's just been so good to have you here tonight here on Vision 180. Thank you so very much for chatting with me. And with that, uh, look, let's play your final song. This is Dancing in the Dark. It's Susina here on Vision 180. Every time I think of you, climb up through the stairwells in the heavens. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 